You're listening to the Action Figure Blues Podcast, episode number 338, for the week of Wednesday, the 5th of December, 2018. I'm Ben, and with me tonight are... Adam. And Eddie. This episode is brought to you by Apple Music, Audible, and ActionFigureBlues.com. Tonight, our Toys of the Week are the SH Figure Arts New Sun Goku, the Hasbro Marvel Legends Infinity Gauntlet, and the NECA SDCC Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles The Movie Box Set. Welcome back, gentlemen. How are we? I'm well. I am also well. Wow. All three wells. I am well, too. That is very well. Why are you well, Adam? Uh, it's nearly the end of the year. I have some <laughs> free time on my hands. Um, <laughs> I do not have poor health. Do either of you guys use this as your major time off opportunity? Like, do you sort of save everything up and have a big break over Christmas and the new year? No, I'm I'm the opposite. This is my busier time. Oh, sadly. Ah, bummer. So I, I work for the government and we work an extra, I don't know, whatever it is, seven minutes a day every work day for the year and it adds up to three days and so we get an extra three days off at Christmas. Okay. So, hooray! Looking, <laughs> looking forward to that. What about you, Mr. Eddie? What's been happening... Uh, I think I think Adam was about to add something. Yeah, I, I have mandated two weeks off, um, and since I changed <laughs> jobs in the middle of the year, I don't have enough leave up to take significantly more. Otherwise, I probably would have taken it already earlier this year. Ah, okay. So it's the old leave a job, get paid out for what you've got, and start yeah. again. Yeah. yeah. I have uh, yeah. one of those jobs where it's always too busy for me to take leave, but uh, eventually HR's like, oh, you've built up all this leave. You really uh, ah. need to start taking some. And I was like, well, I, I, I wasn't able to. We've been busy since <laughs> this time. It's, it's, a, it's a weird weird run. Yeah, it's nothing like getting that, that email that says, <laughs> if you don't take leave, you'll be deemed on leave Monday. So don't come in because if you trip over and you know, break a leg, you're not covered. Yeah. <laughs> Who <laughs> So what's been happening, Mr. Eddy? Uh, apart from random beeps, uh, nothing too much on my Literally, as I was <laughs> saying, it's my uh, busy time at work. So I've been in there pretty much uh, six out of seven days uh, a week at the moment. And wow. uh, had a day off today and used it to rejig the man cave. I've had so nice. many Marvel Legends come in. I've had to allocate a whole new... <laughs> Shelf to Marvel Legends. I've been on a Necker yeah. kick, so I had to rearrange my Necker shelf and trying to decide which franchises went with which. So I wanted, you know, Predator uh, to be with yep. Alien, but then I also want Terminator to be in there because the Stan Winston collection. But I mean, Terminator yep, yep. sort of goes along with Robocop, and Robocop takes up a bunch <laughs> of room because of the Ed. 3429, but then it's good to have the Arnies together with the Commando, but the Commando kind of goes with the Rambo figures, and it just got to be... Wow. That's yeah. a lot of decision-making to do on your day off. Like, it is. Most it, people it, just crash on the couch. Yeah, the, the, this is the uh, first world struggles that uh, I must <laughs> deal with. Fair enough, fair enough. All right, well, any new acquisitions to speak of, uh, Mr. Adam? Any boxes turn up at your place? No, I'm expecting one next week, um, which will be exciting. And, 
Okay. Is it one of those kind of like big ass boxes because you 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 pile of loot type situation? No, this is a, a smaller box of stuff from Hobby Link Japan, which is um, cool. largely model kits that I impulse bought. Um, <laughs> and uh, other than that, I pre-ordered my Super Saiyan God Super Saiyan <laughs> Gogeta and uh, the new movie Broly um, today, but. And apparently there's a, a new Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan Vegeta, and a Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan Goku, um, also from the Broly movie. Um, but they look like they're probably just going to be largely reused, so I'll look at that more when they when we get more of our information about them. It's hard to tell whether you're actually naming them for real or you're just mocking the way Scott does the, you know, refers to oh. all Dragon Ball <laughs> figures. Super Saiyan, Super, Super, Super Saiyan, 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 yeah. Saiyan, Super. Yeah. God, God, Goku, Super Saiyan, Saiyan, Super, yeah. 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 <laughs> Well, that all sounds very cool. And uh, what about you, Mr. Eddie, acquisitions? Uh, I had my Amazon Sentinel come in in its massive box. Uh, cool. Which I, I got to say, that was my one day off last year, and I decided to go for a walk uh, to pick up a parcel down at the post office and uh, collected them and then came back uh, to my house to find one of those notes on my door. Sorry, we missed you, the post office. Uh, of course. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately turned around and walked back down to the post office and collected the parcel that was trying to be delivered while I was at the post office, which was, uh, yeah, this <laughs> massive uh, Sentinel box, uh, which I wasn't Thanks. expecting so early. Otherwise, I might not have chosen to walk down because then I had to carry uh, this massive box. Uh, back uh, to my house, which uh, was good for <laughs> my Pokemon Let's Go Pokeball, but uh, for my arms, not so much. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was uh, it's it's an interesting set, which uh, Ben was kind enough to point out once I had mine delivered that it was now nearly fifty percent <laughs> off. Uh, <laughs> and I wasn't pointing it out because I knew you had yours. It was kind of I was you know I was trying to do the you know the friendly collector thing. I wasn't trying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wasn't trying to remind you that, you know, yeah, you paid extra. But speaking of um, missing deliveries, et cetera, there was a, a video that turned up in my Facebook feed earlier in the week. And uh, it was obviously, you know, put together by a couple of people having fun. But it was effectively a guy um, dressed as a, a mailman. And he was attempting to get the card into the slot of the guy's mailbox without the guy actually seeing it. So he was employing all these, like, commando moves and... Uh, and, you know, and, and diving and rolling and hiding behind stuff. And then he kind of leaps and puts it in the slot as the guy opens the front door and goes like, hey, I saw you. And then, you know, the, the postman's kind of running off down the street. So I was laughing and then I stopped and had a moment of clarity and just sighed because it's probably pretty close to the truth, I think. Yeah. Uh, so I don't think anyone, there's no one doesn't have a story about, you know, it's like, are you kidding me? Like, I was home all day. When, yeah. when did you put this in the mailbox? So you, yeah. I think so, I've told you guys before the one where, they put it in the mailbox across the street. And um, <laughs> so I called up the postman and went, do you have a package for me? They're like, yeah. I'm like, yeah. I think the guy just put the card in the mailbox across the street. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, okay, we'll just come, and, just come down and get it then. Yeah. I, I mean, you wonder whether they take their van and just drive down to the coffee shop and then sit there filling out all the cards. Yep. So, <laughs> as opposed to my FedEx delivery guy who drives a BMW. So that's just... Polar, polar opposites. <laughs> he drives a BMW sedan, and so he pulls up, and he gets these massive sideshow boxes out of the back seat of this really inconveniently shaped vehicle. And so I just, I, I don't, I, I don't get what's going on there. And it wasn't once off either. I've seen him a couple of times. So yeah, I don't. It, it might be Uber. 
<laughs> Possibly. <laughs> I was I was going to say, was it a um a, a van type one? Because my dad was very proud. He used to be a bit of a delivery driver, and he got a Mercedes Benz uh, van. And he, he thought that was cool. He could finally get the key with a Mercedes Benz key ring and yeah. all that. But apparently, it was a hunk of shit. They they might make good cars, <laughs> but their sort of van delivery department isn't exactly known for quality. Ah, so. yeah, right, they, no. they don't make quality cars either. <laughs> <laughs> not ones for uh, not sedans for delivering giant uh, sideshow premium format statue boxes. That's for sure. So, yeah. Anyway, well, I had some luck this week. I picked up. Uh, the MCU Valkyrie figure from the two-pack. I am a, a comic-accurate uh, collector first and foremost, but I am not adverse to putting the odd MCU figure in my display where I think it fits. So it was nice to pick up Teresa What's-Her-Name, and, yeah, it's a nice figure. Actually, I'm quite impressed. Cool. So, yeah. All right. Well, we've got three very different things to talk about uh, for this episode. So we're going to take a break. We're going to come back and get underway. Coming from the farthest reaches of the universe to challenge the worst villains on Earth are the most powerful heroes ever in the Battle of the Superpowers Collection. Can it be the Supermobile on the attack, the Lexor 7 armed with Kryptonite? Will the Supermobile repel those deadly rays? You bet. Ready for battle. Activate Ram. New from Kenner's Superpowers Collection. Vehicles and figures with power action, each sold separately. Flying lessons for Penguin, fish bait for Luther. Can the Supermobile defeat the Lexor 7? You decide. Well, now it's time for one of our feature segments, Toy of the Week. Each episode, we take turns looking at one toy or collectible in detail, and these might be new releases, or we might talk about favourite or bizarre items from our collection. And if Mr Scotty was here, he'd probably say it's bizarre. Anyway, over to you, Mr Adam. Thank you, thank you. Um, As it turns out, I got a notification in my Facebook feed today telling me that this figure is just going through a re-release, so um, it actually turns out to be somewhat timely for once. Um, this is the SH Figure Arts <laughs> Son Goku, a Saiyan raised on Earth version, um, which I've taken the calling New Goku because it's essentially just uh, a Goku on the new articulation buck format. So it's got the, the two-jointed crotch thingy, um, which actually isn't at all evident really um, on the figure, which is kind of worrying because... The advantage of the T-piece crotch was meant to be you could kick out to the side, but he doesn't actually seem to be able to do that, which is kind of sad. Um, so they've actually downgraded? Yes. He gets maybe like a, I don't know, like a pizza wedge kind of angle, um, like a pe- single pizza slice angle between his legs going on as the maximum um, in a side-to-side fashion. So, you so know, is, that, is that at the expense of aesthetics? Like is the, is the, is the articulation more aesthetically pleasing Oh, wait, no, hang on. He can go further. Mine was just stiff. Um, okay. <laughs> there you go, Adam. See, this is what happens when you get a reputation of breaking toys. You um, <laughs> try and be a bit careful. Um, but, yeah, so, uh, look, it's um, as ugly as ever when you see the, the two-piece crotch, but, you know, <laughs> yes, it, it would have been more aesthetically pleasing not to see that. Um, so getting back to uh, general standard introductory things, um, yep, this is a 2018 figure. Um, it's from Bandai, uh, and it originally retailed for $35. I assume that's around about, or US, around, assume that's about what they're charging for the new version. Um, if you compare that to any of the other recent 
Dragon Ball Z Super Dragon Ball figures. Um, they're going for about fifty bucks, I think, minimum US as a as the retail at initial release these days. So it's a fair bit cheaper. Um, I would assume that is because it's really just a re-release of the same basic sculpt, but with uh, some new articulation. Um, so from that perspective, yes, he's wearing his orange gi. Um, he's not battle damaged in any way. He's actually from kind of Freezer Saga time frame in terms of the um, the gi marking. So he's got the um, the Sun family insignia on the front and back. Uh, it's interesting, and it always is with a lot of the Dragon Ball Z characters, as far as whether the body sculpt suits um, other markings that you would put on the figure. So Goku's one of those where it's an interesting thing to do because from, let's see, from uh, the end of Dragon Ball when he goes through the, um, the, the tournament against Piccolo and he's quite scrawny as a, an 18-year-old, I think, at that stage. Um, it then skips forward, what, four years, four or five years. Um, he's still fairly scrawny at the time Raditz mm. shows up. Then he gets kind of a bit more buff um, after training with King Kai. Then he gets even more buff um, before fighting on Namek. Then he gets kind of a little bit leaner again, but kind of more defined muscle tone. So, um, or for the android and cell fights. And then from there on, it just becomes all the ridiculousness of Super Saiyan 3 and so on and so on. Um <laughs> So he's probably about right size-wise. He might be more a little bit um, kind of Android Saga than than um, Freezer Saga, but um, I'll take it. In terms of articulation, he has the now standard um, ball-jointed neck in terms of the base of the neck, another one at the top for the head, the butterfly chest uh, into um, shoulders action. He has the articulated... Um, Sleeve of his gi attaches to his shoulder. The shoulder cut for the top of the bicep. Um, the standard double joint for an elbow, uh, which is still something that kind of pains me that there's not a, a cut there or a ball joint there that would actually allow you to rotate the arm like a normal human being. Um, the ball jointed hand, the um, mid-abdomen cut into a, a ball jointed waist, uh, the T-crotch, uh, the double-jointed knee, and a ball-jointed ankle with a toe articulation. The other articulation point on this that's a bit different from other figures, but I think it's starting to become standard, is that the um, the belt, or the knot at the belt, is actually a point of articulation, so you can spin that around um, through 360 degrees like a clock um, and make it kind of move around in ways that look like it might be blowing in the breeze or moving with... Um, air pressure or other motions that Goku's going through. Other things I think are interesting. Um, so obviously there's the, the usual array of swap-out portraits and hands. The hand that they choose to put him with is um, the kind of Goku aloha gesture of, you know, it could be hello, could be goodbye, where he's got his, his palm straight up, finger tucked in, and he's just kind of, you know, hey, how's it going, or see you later. Um, which is interesting because the way that they pose him in the box, it looks kind of what you'd expect it to look like. But then you take it out and you're going, it actually looks like he's starting to do the robot, um, but he just doesn't have the left hand for doing it. So <laughs> I, I kind of feel chipped now that I don't have a left hand that I can make him do the robot with. <laughs> looks just like a karate chop hand for me. But, yes, they do seem to use it as the, you know, hi, how are you type 
Yeah. And so that was interesting. Um, the other uh, hands that we get um, is kind of fairly standard. There's uh, punchy hands for left and right. There's uh, key blasting hands for left and right. There are grappling hands for left and right. And there is the instant transmission um, two-fingered salute for the right hand, um, which is also provided. So that's essentially the thumbs curl, the sorry, the the pinky and ring finger on the right hand curled in, and the index and um, middle finger extended straight out, and the thumb tucked in as well. So you know, fairly standard Goku hands. Um, there aren't actually karate chop hands as a pair. Um, so if you wanted to have that kind of action, you'd be missing out. The portraits, the default one is kind of the the standard dumb Goku grin laugh kind of face. Um, or slash greeting face. There's a, uh, a serious Goku face. There's a um, kind of cheesed off serious looking up to the left eyes face and uh, a, sh- a shouting attack slash key blast face. Um, so they're all kind of fairly standard. Um, per normal, you remove Goku's bangs and then you can remove the portrait. Um, we talked last time I was on about some of these. You, it's kind of... Um, difficult to remove portraits while the the hair remains in place or it can be difficult to remove the head and then put it back on um in this case it's actually quite simple to remove the portrait while the the hair remains on the head it just looks like disembodied hair which is always kind of scary um (laughs) then you swap out the the portrait and then replace the bangs um i haven't tried fitting different heads from different gokus or different characters i think that's um it's always a test that I feel like doing um, because it's one of those things where it's basically the same body. I should be able to fit any of the heads for, for Goku on that body. And it's one of those things where figure outs should have a real advantage because it should be the same pegs. It should be just reuse and it should give you more options as a, a collector to just go, yep, yeah, cool. Now I want a Super Saiyan, now I want it, now I want it, now I want it, without having to go and buy a new figure all the time. Obviously, that would mean they make less money, but for the long-term collector, it's kind of a, a bit of an up yours, I feel, to, to not do that. Um, in terms of paints, you know, it's sure the the blues are all a little bit different in terms of the boots, which are actually kind of a navy, a very dark navy to black, which is correct. Um, the navy undershirt is consistent colour across the, the sleeves and the chest. The wrist guards are a slightly lighter blue, and I think, they're a slightly deeper blue than the belt. Um, I don't think I've noticed the difference between the wrist guards and the belt before, which is interesting. Um, the paints are okay. There's kind of the, the usual issues of painting a light color like yellow over navy um, or painting um, the navy over orange or orange over navy so that you get kind of that little bit of not so much bleed, but the, to, to avoid bleed and to avoid rub, um, or where that it hasn't been put on quite thick enough in some places. Um, and so that's, you know, something you come to accept, but you still feel kind of gypped when you've spent money on, on one of these things. Uh, mm. I'm not as upset because it is, by current standards, a bit of a cheaper one at 35 bucks US, but it's still 35 bucks US. Um, in terms of all the decal type things like the eyes and the sigils um, or insignias, they're, they're all fine. It's fair normal. Um, other things that are interesting is they've actually sculpted 
the the arse cheek covers from the T crotch articulation. So you know how normally like you get a, a Vegeta or whatever, and because he wears the the undersuit kind of thing, it's just formless, shapeless, generic, rounded bum cheek kind of thing. And on this one, they've actually put like a few creases in there to look like um, fabric might look like, which is fine if you actually have him sitting down, like he might be sitting on his on his butt. But when he's standing up and there's like these weird ass imprints coming out halfway around his leg, it kind of looks weird. Um, <laughs> it's an interesting now, choice. Now that I'm looking at it, I can't unsee it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the other one that I, I enjoy, because you don't see it very often these days, is um, if you look at the undersides of the, the tassels on his belt, you actually see the B China, so probably Bandai China and, you know, some copyright information and whatever else, which is good because, you know, I kind of miss seeing that the old Kenner stamped on the bottom of an action figure foot. Um, I, I kind of miss like that. like Marvel Legends then. Yeah, they're back into that heavily. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> so that's a big brand of footwear now is Hasbro. Uh, this is the whole printing down the side of the leg now. Oh yeah. wow! You know, yeah, that's really terrible. Bright contrasting color to whatever the you know the leg is. So it just stands out like dogs' balls. <laughs> yeah, oh, I... that's that's fantastic. Um, so I mean, the other comparison I would draw with um with Marvel Legends at the moment is like it it kind of seems like there's a cycle of you know you go through the figures become a bit more basic. Um, they cut back on the extras. And then everyone kind of complains for a while about, oh, where are all the extras, blah, 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 blah. And eventually they start coming back. And I feel like at this point in um, figure arts, we might be kind of going the opposite way in the cycle to Marvel Legends that there seems to be less extras being packed in lately. Um, and where there are extras, they're kind of fairly standard and generic. And, and part of that, probably at least in this line, is they've got to the point it's, you know, there's a standard set of hands you have to have. There's a standard set of portraits that they can choose from. They've done this enough. They have a lot of them. They can just kind of go, yep, have a few. It costs us next to nothing. Um, but you don't actually get any extras that would increase your enjoyment or your ability to pose the figure. And I think that's that's something I've always said is a bit of a letdown as far as things like not enough um, effects parts or anything like that. And this really does feel a bit that way, like a bit phoned in in terms of the extras um do you think that's because you know i don't know production costs have gone up or something like I that because i mean from what you were saying they, they it sounds like they've reused a lot of stuff so it's not like there's been excessive tooling costs for this piece so you know it's a bit on the cheaper side so, you know where's the goods yeah i can absolutely imagine that and i can also understand like i've said this before since i've been collecting everything in this line it kind of gets a point where you're going, yeah, I've already got that. I've got all the accessories. Unless you give me some new must-have accessories, it's kind of a why am I bothering with this. Um, I mean, partly I do it just because I enjoy looking at them and playing with them and, and partly because, you know, I, I can provide that service. To, I can afford to provide the service to people say this is what I think of it compared to the other ones. Um, but at the same time, I do sit there and just go, you know, I don't understand why they, they don't just sit there and go, okay, look, if people want accessories and we're going to do basic figures for reduced cost on that, there's no reason we can't put out a massive pack of um, effects parts and just go, yep, there it is. Yeah. If you want to pay 100 bucks just for effects parts, knock yourself out. We're not going to stop mm. you. But mm. we're not going to slug everyone for it to try and get everyone onto the line to begin with. Um, yeah, would, would so, it be with, with this figure, though, like I imagine... 
the intent behind this guy is to be an introductory sort of figure. Like, this is one that, uh, as mentioned, seems to be hitting at a much lower price point. It's obviously uh, the main character in one of his most iconic uh, looks. Like, to me, it really felt like this figure is a way of getting people into the line that might not be in there yet as a sort of like, oh, yeah. you know, that's that's at this price, I might grab it yeah. uh, here I more agree. than the time. Yeah, I completely agree. But I think the other thing, if you're going to do that and try and absolutely hook it, <clears throat> hook them in, is to do something a little bit more like the, the NECA Ultimate line and just go, okay, so we're not necessarily going to give you all the effects parts, but we will give you a Goku and we will give you a swap out Super Saiyan head. Because particularly at this point that he's in the saga that it's set at is, yeah, it's when he goes Super Saiyan, right? So, yes, fine, his gear is all a bit more tatty and that at that stage. But if you do that, you go, okay, so you've got Goku. You can have him however you want. Oh, wait a minute. You want him to look a little bit different. You want him to look more like this? Well, there's another one for that. You want someone else for him to fight against? Yeah, we've got those. We've got all the other bits and pieces you want. But this is your base hook. It's like you say, it's Goku, the main character. And you've got him covered off in the two most common forms that you've seen. Because after Cell Saga, he doesn't stay base Goku that often, right? Can, can I just put a just a little bit of a bookmark in this conversation for anyone listening? I think Adam would have been one of the best kids on the debate team. Uh, in high school because uh, <laughs> that was just a brilliant use of uh, me uh, making a point and then you just came back and hit me right in my soft spot of NECA <laughs> Ultimate and being like, wow, actually completely 180 and now 100% agree with Adam on this. Yeah, why didn't they do this? It just great, great rebuttal. It brought a tear to my eye. It would cost them, what, an extra couple of bucks? in production values that you would easily pass on or just absorb and go, yeah, cool, fine, whatever. Give them one less, yeah. one or two less portraits of base Goku and give them a Super Saiyan head. We're done. We're out of here. Everyone's happy. Drop the mic. Um, so, I mean, that's one of the, the criticisms, and it's really the only one that I can make is it feels a little bit like they're just phoning it in to try and get the, the max, max audience possible. And P.S., I'm totally on board with that. I don't have a problem with it because that's the the goal of business is to make money, right? They don't do this to, to just break even. They have to make a profit. And the more people they get on the line, the more they can go off and do all the things I want to do. Um, so fine. Um, other things to talk about with this one, you know, the the box is a fairly standard figure arts Dragon Ball Z box. Um, the back where they, they show our different possible poses, yeah, it's, you know, it's a little bit, Again, a little bit phoned in. It's not super dynamic. It shows you some different options. It also shows, hey, wait a minute, there's a freezer. Uh, so if you want a freezer, yeah, you can go get him. Um, and it's the, the newer freezer. Um, but, you know, I think that's another one. They they seem to be changing the back of the box, and I'm fine with that. Again, it's just uh, things that they seem to do a bit better a job of in the past um, than they have done lately, or at least with this figure. Um the other new addition that I found interesting, um, and this may have happened in some of the other recent ones, and I just wasn't paying enough attention, um, behind the piece of yellow card where my instructions for playing with my dolly sit, um, which in this case I didn't really need much help with, um, there is a lovely glossy sheet that tells me that there is, in fact, already available the 
Goku Super Saiyan Awakening figure. There is, in fact, already the um, the Freezer re-release with the Halo, uh, and that we will be getting the Margin Buu Go Tanks, uh, Margin Vegeta, Master Roshi, and Bulma, um, and the dates of their release. Which, for this in this case, most of those are in the past, but. There you go. Um, and I think fact, they were all in the past. Changing, didn't they, from what's actually listed on the? Didn't Boo end up shipping like a month early and go tanks like a little bit later? Or something? Quite possibly, yeah. So that was interesting, and um, they have you know a, a little bit of an advert for their uh, North America Dragon Ball Tour 2018, which um, the less I talk about that, the less enraged I get. <laughs> so, <laughs> PS, don't don't get me started on the uh, sidewalk sales that happen in like one city in the US. Um so yeah, you know, look, it's a it's a good solid figure. It's a great introductory figure at a good introductory price compared to the rest of the line. Um if you have previous Gokus, I don't know that there's a lot in it for you unless you want him on the the new articulation type. Um which, you know, it has its drawbacks with the the T crotch. Um, if you have a previous Goku, you're perfectly happy with it, I would say give it a pass. Um, if you're wondering what it's all about, um, like I said, they are re-releasing it now and it is uh, available without having to get gouged through eBay. So that's always a bonus. In terms of a, yeah, in terms of a score, um, I'll give it two scores. I'll give it a score that says if I was new to this line and I was going, hey, cool, there's a really well-done Goku and it's only 35 US and it looks like it comes with a decent set of packings, I would say this is probably a 9 or 10 out of 10. If I came to this perspective from, or came from the perspective of I've been collecting this line for some years now, um, I've got many a Goku, uh, I have, you know, mixed feelings about the new buck, um, I'd kind of be going, yeah. Yeah. You didn't wow me with it. You didn't wow me. Um, and from that perspective, it's like six or seven out of ten. You know, I, I think it's at a point where it really depends on what your perspective is on the line, um, how long you've been collecting, and what you are after. And like I said, for me, I'm after doing the things that would make the whole line um, better. But I accept that there are people that are not in that position, and for those people, I think this is a fantastic figure. Hmm. Yeah, I must admit when I when I saw that you were reviewing this piece, the thing that did come to mind is, I guess, what we were talking about last week, Eddie, when we were mentioning, you know, Masters of the Universe, and you know, one of the reasons uh, for its downfall was that um, for all the wacky figures that were coming out, um, many kids who were sort of just getting into them couldn't actually locate He-Man and Skeletor because they'd come out four years earlier. Um, and despite a few, you know, odd variations, the the actual originals had uh, come and gone. So, I guess you know, bringing out you know the most popular character um, from yeah. Dragon Ball gives you know people that opportunity to to get in where they couldn't before. Yeah, um, yeah very good. Yeah. All right, Mr. Adam, thank you very much for that. We are going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and we're going to scale things up. Challenging King Kong model kit. You need no glue, no special tools. Just snap together and paint it, and you have a realistic model of Kong fighting the giant snake. 
Well, we've had one toy of the week and now we need to balance uh, things out with a second. So I'm going to pass over to Ben to balance things with his toy of the week. Well, oh, thank you kindly, sir. And uh, yeah, I'm going, uh, going scaling up significantly in size for this one. Uh, and I'm going to be talking about the Marvel Legends Infinity Gauntlet. Um, this is from Hasbro's, oh, I guess, cosplay line, you might might call it. Um, I actually think this is a, a really good idea. Uh, this is about the fifth piece I think they've released in this line, starting with the Captain America shield. They did the Iron Man helmet. and uh, Anyway, they're coming out thick and fast, and um, yeah, quite a good idea keeping the, the price down. Um, this one retails for US $99, but if you have a bit of a look around, you're bound to pick it up uh, for a pretty good price. Um, hard to say what the scale really is. Uh, this thing is huge. This is, of course, you know, the actual gauntlet uh, supposedly worn by Thanos in uh, the Avengers film. So it's 19 and a half inches long, or 50 centimetres from the uh, the tip of the um, you know, the high end of the gauntlet down to the longest part of the finger. Um, so, yes, it's basically a giant glove um, made to look just like the one from the film. Now, in terms of packaging, uh, I do have, a, as I said, I do have a few pieces from Hasbro's line, and um, it's actually really good-looking stuff. They've got these big, black, glossy boxes um, that uh, that really sort of stand out on the shelf because pretty much everything in these this line is is huge. So um, it's obviously to their benefit to make it look attractive. So you've got the big black glossy block, uh, box, some really nice kind of text, etc. Um, and it, it looks good. It looks it looks professional. It doesn't look like a, a cheap thing that you'd find on the the Toys R Us shelf, even though they sold them at Toys R Us. But that's not consolation. Anyway. Um, so there's really um, not a lot going on in terms of the actual packaging. Once you open the end of the box, uh, you're presented with, uh, you know, the glove. Uh, but it's it's one of those weird things that's held in by um, a whole series of oddly shaped cardboard wedges um, that you you start off delicately trying to remove and then you get really frustrated and you, you just kind of reef it all out. Um, and so, yeah, in terms of being collector friendly, uh, I paid no attention whatsoever to where these little cardboard things were. Um, but being the, the weird nerdy toy collector that I am, I actually put all the cardboard things back in the box because, yeah, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm actually going to, you know, use them one day to put it back in there. Yeah, no doubt. Sure. So, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, I don't even know why I've kept the box, to be honest. I don't think I'd ever use that again. Um, so collector friendly, I guess if you're careful, pay attention, uh, one of those sorts of things, but, um, yeah. Now in terms of sculpt, well, um, you know, I can't say as I have seen, um, a close up of, uh, the props used in the film, so I can't comment on screen accuracy and I'm not that enthusiastic to sit there and go through the movie looking for screen grabs, etc. Um, but. You know, from a, a fun factor, this is actually pretty neat. Um, they've done a, a really good uh, job on the actual sculpt of this piece. Uh, it does have that sort of, you know, that medieval feel, lots of sort of scroll work going on and, and looks like it's been made up of um, bits and pieces. So it really does um, feel like, a you know, a traditional gauntlet uh, like, the, you know, the knights used to wear, etc. 
So, um, you know, it's it's pretty groovy the way they've done that. The, the Infinity Gems, oh, sorry, Stones, um, <laughs> they, they do actually look good. They're, they're all kind of odd shapes. None of them look like a, a perfect um, sort of, you know, oblong or... or you know, sphere type thing. Um, they're, they're kind of wacky shapes, different sizes, etc., um, which is actually pretty cool. For some reason, um, you know, the the yellow one is actually bigger than all the rest, but uh, and that's the one in the centre. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, looks good. Um, I think the only thing for me that is is disappointing with this is in trying to replicate you know the the movie prop um and make it look like it's held uh, it's made up of different plates and pieces like that that fit together um they've used an awful lot of screws in the production process to hold this thing together and i think some of that might be the way they've engineered it to be light so it's it's surprise i mean it's heavy but it's probably not as heavy as you think it would be based on the size and a lot of it is actually hollow so there's there's the obvious hollow bit where you actually reach inside it um but even you know the other parts of it like the fingers definitely feel like that they're hollow uh in order to achieve that they've used a sort of a lot of screws to hold the bits together and so it it kind of takes away from the aesthetics a bit to sort of see all these screws everywhere. Um, but, you know, the way it actually fits together is really, really clever. So it's worn on the left hand. Um, I don't think you could actually use it, on, you know, on you know, your right hand, though, why you'd want to because of the left-handed glove. Um, but what happens when you reach inside, there's basically a handle, and it's just a, a flat, you know, sort of um, piece of plastic, sort of straight uh, almost like a straight rod, imagine. And you can actually just grab hold of that. And if you just want to wave the glove around, that's fine. You can just walk around and it's almost like a little carry handle inside it. It's quite clever. But beyond that, there's actually five plastic rings that are basically the end point of levers. And you can actually reach beyond that that kind of handle that I mentioned and put all of your fingers into those rings and then when you actually you know go to make a fist and clench your fingers you you pull on the ring which pulls on the lever and that's what actually activates the mechanism for opening and closing the fingers and uh it's actually quite um it's actually quite smooth so you can slowly pull those and the fingers slowly close and then they're on sort of a spring mechanism so as soon as you let them go they kind of fling open you don't actually have to do anything to undo um, the fingers, you just let them go and they flick back open. Uh, each one is individually controlled. So, you know, there's been a lot of ha-ha jokes with, you know, people posing with the Infinity Gauntlet, giving people the finger, um, you know, by pulling all of them except the middle one. So, yep, yep, very amusing. Um, what's actually really cool too is discreetly hidden on the, the top of the gauntlet is a, uh, a little button. It's a, a little lock button. And so when you actually pull all of the fingers in to the fist, instead of actually having to sort of hold them closed by holding those those sort of levers open you can press this button and actually lock them and then relax your hand and so then you can walk around using that kind of internal carry handle i mentioned and carry it around like a fist instead of an open hand so in terms of the engineering it's 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 actually quite clever i'm I'm really sort of quite impressed uh as to how you can actually you know manipulate the the fingers and whatnot um so they're nice and solid it feels really robust um you know i handed it off to the kids and they had a great time you know 
wandering around and, and doing that sort of thing. So very, very cool. Um, in terms of the paint, um, this is a hard one again because I can't compare it to, you know, I guess the, the source material, the actual prop. But, uh, it's basically cast in that kind of bronzy coloured plastic and then what they've done is they've run a wash over the top to try and give it some depth in the various creases of the scroll work and that sort of stuff. And it it works and it doesn't. I think the, the wash does actually add something to it. I'm glad they just didn't leave it the, the base colour. But when you look at it, you can that's when you kind of remind that this is actually a, a lower end um, you know, prop compared to something like the the full one to one scale uh, that I think Hot Toys is producing, um, it it does look like plastic. That it doesn't sort of give you that metal feel at any point. So um, you kind of get what you pay for, I guess. There was there's only so much they can achieve with you know casting something in plastic and and adding a bit of a wash over that. So yeah, you know. Um, but it is good enough to actually contrast the uh, the Infinity Gems, as I mentioned. Each one of those is actually really bright uh, as well. They've put something underneath the stones to give them a slightly kind of cloudy effect once you're actually looking into them, which is uh, pretty groovy. Um, but each of the colours stands out quite well. It's not like any of them are kind of hidden on the glove. So, um, And that's really kind of it. The inside of the glove is a really, really boring brown colour. Um, and I think you'd be hard pressed to actually see that. So I can, yeah, I can, that's probably why they didn't bother doing anything with that. Um, obviously the coolest feature with this is it does actually feature lights and sounds and, uh, use a couple of different, um, uh, what do you call it, settings that you can actually play with. So one of them is whenever you actually press the yellow mind or as you know, us oldies remember it, the reality gem, um, you can basically cycle through the different, uh, different states by pressing that large yellow uh, gem. And man, this thing is loud. Like it's, it's hideously loud. Um, when you do press it, all of the gems light up and they're very, very bright the battery compartment is actually just behind that uh, lock button on the top of the gauntlet that I mentioned where it was probably the middle of your forearm when you're, you're wearing it. Uh, and the battery compartment is actually really discreet. Uh, for a second, I had to kind of, because there are a number of screws holding it closed, normally you can kind of spot the, um, you know, the battery hatch because of the shape and, and the screw, but because there are other screws on this, I had to have a bit of a hunt around before I found it. So it does come with batteries, which is cool. So you're not kind of scavenging drawers and, you know, things like that, looking for um, batteries to light this thing up. So um, I'm going to press it, and um, I can tell you now, my dog does not like it at all. Um, of all of the toys I have that, uh, that make noises and uh, do things like Nerf guns and whatnot, um she's not generally a fan but boy she does not like this at all so she will come running but anyway i'm going to press the button and there you go and what happens after you finish moving the dining table <laughs> that's it did she come I, running I was... is she there uh, she is, she's standing here wagging her tail looking <laughs> at me. And now the problem is I've probably put it into, um, uh, mo I don't know whether I mentioned the, you know, in the different settings that you can actually do is, um, there's a motion activated one. 
So instead of actually having to use your right hand to press it to get it to, to do things, you can do the motion sensor and then just wave it around and it does it on its own. So that's actually pretty cool. Um, once the sound's finished, the lights stay on for a little bit. So as I speak now, uh, the lights are still going and the dog's checking it out. And she seems actually pretty good, I must say. So, um, yeah, really impressed. Bright lights, um, really cool. I mean, I don't know what those sounds actually are. They just kind of sound all fancy and cosmic and whatnot. But um, look, overall, it's it's a lot of fun. When you sit it down, it, it sits quite well and quite flat uh, at the end of the gauntlet there. So when you plonk it on a flat surface with the fingers pointing up, it looks pretty groovy. And I have to say, sitting on the shelf, it is actually pretty imposing because it is so big. Uh, it probably gives you a little bit of perspective on how big they kind of you know want Thanos to be uh, in the movie as well. So, look, pros and cons, um, really impressed with the mechanisms, sounds, lights, all fantastic. A little bit disappointed in that kind of appearance in the you know, the lack of um, paint making it pop and also all of those really, really predominant screws. But um, look, I'm over, overall, I'm, I'm really impressed with what Hasbro is doing in this area and, and giving fans an opportunity to own something like this so you're not getting out the uh, the cardboard and, and duct tape and textures and, and making your own Infinity Gauntlet when you can pick up something pretty groovy like this for 99 bucks. So, I don't know. I'm going to wrap this one up and probably give it 8 out of $10. Nice. What's the comfort of it like with all the batteries and everything else taking up space? It's actually really good. Like when you put your arm, like obviously inside it, and you grab that that um, that rod, which is you know almost like that carry handle. Uh, it's pretty well balanced, and you don't kind of notice. As I, it's it's actually surprisingly light, given that it's hollow plastic um, for most most parts. I assume. Um, I do find that if you you know walk around pulling on the the levers um, with those rings with your fingers to sort of make the fingers go. Um, it does actually start to take its toll on your fingers a bit. And you can kind of, because, you know, they're, they're hard plastic as well. So you're pulling these hard plastic things against that spring mechanism constantly. And then the spring mechanism wants to pull it back. Uh, and so while it is actually robust, and I'm, I'm thankful for that, you you know, you wouldn't be spend walking around a con for hours constantly um, working those fingers. I think you'd uh, have to have Popeye forearm muscles to, to do that. Cool. Very cool. Has it? Because uh, I know you've got Cap Shield. Is this now? Yes. Starting? Are you starting to look at some of the other ones they're releasing? Yeah, I've been meaning to review it for a long time, but I do have the Iron Man helmet as well. So I did actually get that, I think, for Christmas last year. So it just goes to show it's been 11 months. It's been sitting here waiting for me to talk about it. Um, and Cap Shield, I'll, I'll get around to reviewing, but I love that. So it's going to be one of those really glowing, gushing reviews. But you haven't picked up Mjolnir yet? I I haven't because I'm, I'm honestly not, not a... Well, you know, I'd, I'd like to give it a go and see what happens and, and, and at least know for certain. But as a, a true blue Thor fan, I'm really not a big fan of all of the adornments they put on the head of the hammer. And that's one of the consistencies they have in the MCU is the, you know, the actual Uru part of um, the hammer has all of this kind of Celtic scroll work and all that sort of stuff on it. Uh, and I'm just not a fan. I just I, I think given that you know at the time when it was made, um, you know by Odin, it's on you know Odin and his cronies, 
Yeah, I, I've picked up a, a, a cosplay one that is, uh, I think, something you could use in LARP, and uh, it's a, a lot more accurate to what I think Thor's hammer would look like, and it's even got the, you know, the strap hanging off it and stuff. And so, you know, it's actually pretty pretty good on the eye. So for now, I don't feel any need to rush and get the Hasbro one. Very cool. Uh, well, if there's nothing much uh, left to add, any uh, stones left to adorn, uh, we'll come back with a- another Toy of the Week. Well, it's now time for our third and final Toy of the Week. This is the position that normally goes to Mr. Scotty, but uh, he is absent for this episode, and ably stepping in for him is Mr. Eddie, so take it away. Oh, that's that's big shoes to fill. Uh, yes, thank you. So for my Toy of the Week, I am doing something special. Uh, it is the San Diego Comic-Con Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the movie box set. So, uh, obviously I am a kid of the nineties. I was the perfect age for the Ninja Turtles fad. It was basically the first fad I can remember, uh, being involved in. Uh, as a child, I just remember my mum putting me in a car one day when we were in holiday uh, down in Geelong, uh, funnily enough, and uh, driving into the city there from Torquay uh, because she'd read an article that Ninja Turtles were the new hot toy and she was going Aww. to uh, <laughs> buy me one of them because it was the thing. I had no idea what they were or what it was about. <laughs> I was uh, very confused about I think I actually wanted micro machines because my cousin had <laughs> them, but she was very determined, which is nothing like her or the way she normally acted. I don't know what it was. Uh, that day they uh, got it in her that's mind. That's very but, cool. Um, very that that cool. was the thing she was doing. They were actually out of Ninja Turtles, and I ended up with a foot soldier being my very first uh, Ninja oh. Turtle uh, figure. Um, nice. But I remember the comic art on the back of the uh, packet still uh, quite clearly uh, to this day, and I remember getting each of the Ninja Turtles following that in sort of subsequent... Uh, order as it was like the Cabbage Patch Doll craze where there was like a network of mm. mums that would find them and then <laughs> buy a bunch and the mums would go over to one of the mums' house and be like, oh, I need a Michelangelo or we've got a Leonardo. I only remember them doing it with the Turtles, though. I don't remember it with any of the other uh, characters, but sort of slowly, week after week, I'd get a new one added and I had this big orange Michelangelo case that I could keep my figures in at that point because I only had a uh, handful of them and that sort of grew and grew and uh, it got to a point that there was a movie coming out which I Mm. didn't know about. I was about four years old at this point. I didn't follow variety or the trades to understand uh, such things. I just remember I was playing with Lego and dad came to the door and said, come on, put, you know, put your jacket on. We're going to the movies. (laughs) And I was (laughs) 
not too uh, sure what was going on. I'd only just started going <laughs> to the movies the year before with Batman was the first movie that he took me to, which, uh, if you're following, probably actually explains a lot about my life <laughs> now to this day about the early films that I got dragged to. But uh, I don't really actually clearly remember seeing the movie, but I did see it a lot because I ended up with a VHS copy and because this was 1990 it was a pirated copy my parents didn't spend the 45 dollars <laughs> or whatever on a yeah. tape we just put in one tape and cloned it off uh, civic video which have been out of business for <laughs> probably 15 or 20 mm. years now so i don't think they're going to come <laughs> looking for me uh, and that tape no longer exists as evidence because i literally wore it out i used to just have it on such constant repeat uh, as a kid, so it's uh, obviously a film probably that means a lot to me, uh, but it was also my main, uh, probably Turtles, really, when I think about the Turtles, because as much as I also loved the cartoon series as a kid, once that sort of stopped airing and we didn't really get all seasons during regular hours here, they would be put on eventually in the later seasons at like four o'clock in the morning, uh, going into the 90s and that when, you know, things didn't get re-released and you couldn't stream for you young ones who don't understand the concept of not being able to get things on DVDs or iTunes or Netflix. There was just no real way to get Turtles Entertainment unless you wanted to watch Next Mutation, which I didn't, or uh, you could re-watch the film. So I would just constantly re-watch these Jim Henson uh, Turtles, which is... Uh, what this set is based on, uh, it was a set uh, released at San Diego. Now, this was a set that I don't think anyone really expected to happen, but uh, like a lot of the turtles coming from NECA of recent, I don't think uh, any of them have been expected, at least in this scale. So uh, NECA do have the rights to release turtles based on the movie at the one uh fourth the sort of quarter scale uh but they don't really have the rights to release regular figures because playmates uh have obviously owned the rights mm. for those for years and years but uh it seems that they're getting more and more leeway through nickelodeon to do these kind of special uh releases uh primarily at san diego which has kept them exclusive but Lucky for us here in Australia, we do have some NECA distributors that do have means of uh, offering up a limited supply for those of us who can't uh, get to San Diego Comic-Con itself. Uh, I obviously reviewed the cartoon set uh, last year, and that was my toy of the year. So I did have big hopes going into this one, and it really hasn't disappointed. Starting off with the actual box for this set... Uh, is probably close to one of my favourite uh, action figure packaging of all time. So it's based off the original VHS uh, box art and design, which does match up pretty similarly to the DVD. If you've got the original uh, DVD release of the four turtles, Donnie on his knee in the front, uh, but instead of where it would say the movie, it says uh, the figures... And where it had the original 
uh, company's name, which I'm blanking at the moment because I only have the DVD here. Uh, it says NECA instead in a weird, different style of font that matches the original uh, independent film company. Uh, you've got similar images on the side and the back of the box that were film screen caps or promotional images, uh, but on this set they've been replaced with the actual figures uh, themselves, except for there's a shot of Casey Jones that's been removed, and one with April standing with Raph, where it's just Raph uh, now standing instead. But there's a great one of Leo as he's sitting around the fire, or Donnie as he's coming up. Uh, through a manhole. There is that one classic shot of the four turtles popping out of a uh, sewer lid uh, that was used on all the posters and the ads in comic books. That they've kept the uh, original artwork for here on the bottom. Uh, but where they get really cool is the sort of little subtlety pieces that you would find. So where you would originally have the critics uh, review... Uh, of the film, you have uh, some different reviews of the one-fourth quarter scale turtles. So there's one from friend of the show, Pixel Dan. Uh, there's one mm. from the Foosh website. Uh, I've got one from the wrestler, but also massive Ninja Turtles fan, Zack Ryder, uh, in here saying things like, I don't know if anything will ever top the movie Turtles. Uh, I'm talking any line, any company, they are just perfect Zack Ryder. So uh, that's a really nice touch. Now, NECA do cool. also put uh, credits uh, on their boxes, particularly of recently, uh, which on this one they have done at the bottom of the box where you would normally get the film information about the directors and actors. So here we have director Randy Fawkes, sculpt, sculpt by Trevor Zamet and Jason Freely. Fabrication by Roger Fernandez, paint by John Wardell and Jeffrey Trapp, uh, photography by Stephen Mazurek, and packaging by Chris Ramio. And probably my favourite little Easter egg uh, on here is where it would normally have runtime approximately, you know, one hour and 20 minutes. It's got approximate height six and a half inches tall. Uh, mm. which is a very nice touch. So I am very impressed with uh, how they've gone about uh, designing this box. Now, it is a bit of a slipcase, which you can slide off, and then you have the box underneath that has the turtles and their accessories, as well as some more just promotional images of the figures themselves. Uh, now, speaking of... The figures, uh, they are fantastic. These, I, I sort of used this expression before, but uh, probably never meant it as much as this case here. They are kind of like the quality of hot toys just shrunk down into a uh, six-inch scale. They're, the sculpt and paintwork on these guys is just absolutely amazing. I can definitely see why these figures uh, have been in such big demand and why people were so devastated that they were going to be San Diego Comic-Con uh, exclusives uh, because I can't imagine being a turtle collector that was a fan of those Jim Henson movies and not wanting to have these guys on your shelf. They absolutely outstanding in terms of their craftsmanship 
for an action figure. So I, I can't really fault uh, the sculpt work at all, just sort of pouring over it. Uh, one clever thing uh, is that they tend to use where the seams in the costume would be to hide articulation. Uh, so for the most part, articulation is actually very well hidden underneath, say, the armbands or the knee bands or where you would have the head mask uh, that would go onto the rubber costume itself. Uh, so it's pretty basic in terms of the articulation that you get. If you've got a NECA figure before, uh, it's kind of what you'd expect. You've got ball joint on the head, ball joints on the shoulders, uh, double hinges at the elbow, a uh, cut and uh, swivel as well as wrist joint, uh, ball joints in the hips, uh, double hinges in the knee, and a cut and swivel with an ankle uh, pivot joint in the feet. Uh, but what was really cool, there was a piece of articulation that I wasn't expecting, and that's an ab crunch. And the way they managed to do that with these figures, because if you look at them, uh, they seem to be fairly solid in the chest yeah. all the way around. Oh. You've got the shell on the back and that sort of yellow fleshy part uh, of the turtle on the front. But what it basically is, is that shell and front piece, as well as the sides, are kind of like a tube where the actual skeletal structure of the figure goes in on the inside. And mm. there is a little bit of room, which was the case with the actual suits itself, where you have this upper chest piece that's sort of uh, wedged between uh, these two pieces that allows for a hinge. But what they've cleverly done is the back of the shell, which is sort of this darker green uh, fleshy section, uh, it's sculpted in such a way as, as it moves forward, it continues to blend in with the back of the shell as if it's coming out of there. So it constantly looks fairly solid. Uh, so once you have it posed, you wouldn't necessarily know there's an articulation joint in there that allows you a uh, bit of a chest crunch. Uh, but it is there and it just works fantastically because that's where uh, one of their ways in the original suits were uh, to work. So uh, it's it's really clever because even though there might be some bits, say, like the yellow uh, piece from the top of the chest not necessarily attaching to the green part of the chest uh that's the way that the original jim henson suits work so uh, it doesn't mm. necessarily stand out as a mistake or uh something weird in that regards one thing that is a little bit weird but uh strangely is also film accurate is that i never realized how high up uh donatello's belt uh would actually sit <laughs> on his chest <laughs> Uh, it's it's up uh, sort of Steve Urkel height uh, in, in terms of <laughs> uh, the belt. Yeah. And I, I was sort of going like, oh, it, it, is it just pulled up a bit high? Can I sort of slide it down a bit? And then when I sort of went back and actually looked at uh, the images, that that was the way he had it in the film. I just never really noticed how high up he constantly had it. So uh, if you do get it, it's not a weird one or a mistake that uh is the way uh he's meant to be <laughs> displayed uh now the actual sculpts of their bodies are much like the jim henson ones were which is they really used the same casting uh for each of the bodies necker has done the same thing here uh in something that is has been quite funny 
with me because uh, I, if you actually notice on Twitter, there are people who complain about all the turtles having pretty much the exact same sculpts uh, when it comes to figures, but that was literally what the suits were. So you would, even if they did different sculpts for the different turtles, they would need to still be exactly the same anyway if they were going to be uh, accurate. Uh, there are some exceptions to this, though, that I don't think people have realised. Obviously, the head sculpts are all completely different and unique to the turtles, uh, but their shells are also unique as well, where you've got sort of that thumbprint pattern uh, in the back of the shells. Each turtle does have a different thumbprint. Uh, now, I've never really been able to see in such detail in the movie whether this is the case, uh, but it is nice to have on the figure that you are getting a little bit of difference uh, in each figure there. And the head sculpts are just amazing. I particularly love Raph has his sort of squinty eye, uh, angry look, and they've really captured Michelangelo's wide eye with a smile look. Leonardo has a very uh, determined look as he was about to, say, charge Shredder on the rooftop. And uh, Donatello has that sort of very swarmy, I'm about to crack a joke uh, kind of look to him, which he was sort of more jokey with Mikey than the brains of the group in the uh, original film. So that actually works quite well. Uh, accessories being turtles, they all come with their classic weapons. Michelangelo comes with nunchucks. Uh, these ones are actually held together by rope rather than chains, which uh, I believe was accurate to the movie. To come to think of it, I've never really thought yeah. to check, but I, I'm pretty sure it was more rope than chains in that original movie. And they're just plain brown, which is how they were in the film. Donnie comes with his bow. It does seem a little bit small compared to the way I remember it being in the movie, but that could just be my memory uh, coming off here. Uh, obviously, all the toys and things would give him much thicker, longer bows, but uh, it, to be fair, if you were a ninja artist, this would probably be a more realistic, comfortable one to be swinging around. Uh, Leo comes with his uh, katanas uh, that I don't know if they technically are katanas. They, they do have uh, very large square uh, sort of shields uh, above the hands, which is accurate to the film versions. And my favourite being that he's my favourite turtle and my boy uh, is Raphael with the, his sort of classic film size where you've got the brown strapping going up uh, the prongs on either side and just the one explosed blade uh, in the middle, which I feel like, given that there's a whole sort of subplot of April picking up his sigh in the beginning, this is the weapon that we sort of see the most and uh, up close of, and uh, it, this is just brilliant. It looks like it's fallen off the cinema screen. Uh, now, like a lot of Turtles figures, they do have holsters on their belt, so Raph has the... Uh, pieces on the front that he can slide in. Leo has his two crossed sheaths on his back that you can place the swords in. Uh, it does seem to sit a little bit higher, but that was kind of how they sat in the films, but I am constantly tempted to push them down a little bit. Mikey's, you can slide his nunchucks underneath his belts. Now, you can sort of get it most of the way around on him. The turtle belts are sort of glued towards uh, the back of the belt, 
but uh, I probably wouldn't recommend, although I've seen it, you can slide them so they're on the back of his shell or sitting right there uh, on his front piece. But I recommend his side piece is probably your best bet to place them in because that's not going to stretch out the belt uh, too much there where it will with the other two pieces. The only one who doesn't have a spot to place his weapon is Donnie. Uh, now, this comes from the fact, which I actually haven't really gone into, the design of these figures are based off the one-quarter scale uh, figures that uh, NECA has done, and they're basically just shrunken down uh, versions of these toys. And on the Donny one-quarter scale, he actually has these ribbon pieces that come out of his belt uh, that you can use to slide his bow staff in. But being that this figure is a shrunk down version, there's no, not really a lot of room uh, to place ribbons uh, in through here well. Now, NECA have actually left the gaps. So if you really wanted to come in with, say, like a tiny sewing needle and sew uh, <laughs> some really thin ribbons and tiny ribbons, through here that you could tie his bow in you could if you really wanted to uh, but they haven't done it because it probably would have been a pain in the ass uh, in the factory to try and get done uh, so the option is there if you want to do it I don't know where I would even get a ribbon that small to sort of slide through uh, these pieces and attempt it and I'd be worried because I would kind of need a needle to try and get through it and I'd be worried about uh, damaging his shell uh, on the back there but uh, the options there if you are skilled and confident enough to try and do it. Uh, they also come with uh, interchangeable uh, bandana ribbons. So where you've got the knot in the back on the original quarter scales, they were just uh, material pieces here. They've gone sculpted. And what you kind of get is a sculpted piece for if it's resting on either side. So uh, there's a sculpted piece for it to rest on their left shoulder or a sculpted piece to left to sort of rest on their right shoulder. But it is in a uh, kind of peg swivel joint. So you can also swivel around and make it look like it's blowing in the breeze, uh, which does work well having these two different options. You can sort of choose which uh, one, once it's up in the air, is going to look the best and work the best uh, for you if you want it blowing in the breeze or if you want it drooped down on their shoulder, uh, you can choose which shoulder uh, you would like to have it on. Uh, they also come with interchangeable hands, much like the cartoon ones uh, from last year I reviewed. Uh, the hands are sort of interchangeable amongst all four turtles, so uh, you get uh, two hands with pointed fingers, uh, two hands that are sort of open uh, gripping hands, two hands that are just palm out open hands, uh, two thumbs up hands, and uh, sort of two ones where it's kind of pinching a little bit to hold, say, a piece of paper or uh, Donny to uh, sort of be chalking up the top of his bow staff, I tend to find this hand works quite well for. And you also have four just basic uh, open uh, gripping hands that they can hold their weapons onto. So uh, in some cases, it is a shame that you don't have, say, four thumb thumb up hand so they can all be giving each other uh, the thumbs up or uh, even for open palm hands if you wanted to have them all holding uh, pieces of pizza open palm but uh, it would be a huge amount of hands 
uh, to deploy, where in the most part you're going to be mixing it up a bit. So it's not not the biggest crime uh, in the world. Uh, they do come uh, in this set with their canister of ooze that created them, the TCRI canister that does have a lot of fine print on it, mainly saying radioactive material, but there is a little nice touch where it has CG2, uh, which I believe was its number designation in the second film when they're going through the logs of the different canisters that hadn't been destroyed. And it has a crack in it where the ooze would have leaked out of. And something I took me a few days to discover, uh, the canister actually opens up uh, and it is hollow on the inside. So one of the lid ends does uh, pop out through. So if you really wanted to, you could pour some uh, green liquid detergent or something in there and actually pour out... Uh, some ooze from the canister. But probably my favourite accessory, which is kind of a bunch of accessories combined, is you also get a box of pizza. Uh, now, the pizza box is just nice. uh, cardboard folded up. Uh, so <laughs> you're going to be a little bit worried about its life over the coming years, but uh, it does work perfectly uh, at this scale in terms of looking like a real pizza box. Uh, now, but if you the, fold, fold it up, it won't be mint anymore. Uh, it comes pre-folded up for you. So oh, you know, nice, nice. Uh, Good worry about unf- that. But if you unfold it, you could scan and print spares. Yeah, well, then now I've got to worry then about um, mm. unfolding and that. And I don't know if it would work <laughs> quite the same because they actually have painted grease stains and things like this on the box on the inside. Right. Uh, of the pizza box as well as the front top outside. Uh, so it does look, you know, like cheese is stuck to the top or uh, you've sort of got lines in the middle where oil has dripped down between the pizza cuts. Uh, it does come yeah. with four pieces of pizza on the inside as well, which are incredibly well painted. You can make out each different sort of anchovy and mushroom and a little bit of tomato sauce underneath the cheese uh, painted in there with the crusts. Um, but I love, there's just an absolute ton of tiny Easter eggs uh, written up here on the pizza box. So it comes with a little coupon uh, flyer at the top where you can uh, sort of write your reports on how you felt about the pizza, if it was good or uh, great or any extra toppings you might like to see. Uh, now in the film, the pizza company is Domino's Pizza. Uh, which NECA obviously didn't have the rights to. So in this case, it's the Tile Game Pizzeria. Uh, hmm. And there's a lot of great quotes on the side, particularly around, you know, delivered in 30 minutes or less. Uh, we also get detailings of this pizza's delivery, where it's going to M. Angelo, delivered to 123 and an 8th and 23rd Street, New York, which is a famous scene from the movie where the pizza guy's looking for and an 8th. Uh, and if you ever wondered, apparently that delivery guy's name is Tony, uh, and it came <laughs> to $13 for the original uh, cost. Uh, but I like on the underside of the pizza, there is a warning saying, if you did not order penicillin on your pizza, please discard right away, uh, which is in <laughs> reference to another great quote uh, from the film itself. So I really love uh, this pizza set and posing the guys uh, with it. I just think this is a uh, fantastic extra. 
to be included in here, and it really makes the set. And this is the type of thing uh, that I used to love about the Masters of the Universe line, where you'd get things like Wonder Bread, He-Man, and it'd come with a loaf of bread. And I think it's really... NECA's the only real company I can think of at the moment that's really doing these fun kind of pieces with just in-jokes for the fans and uh, just going mm. that little bit extra mile uh, to make you go that sort of Captain America line. Oh, I get that reference. That's, you know, this is done for me. And obviously it's being made uh, by fans uh, themselves. And the other thing I haven't really talked about, but uh, it's going to be quite obvious with my glowing, is just the paintwork around on this set is just uh, incredible, even though they all use pretty much the same sculpts except for the shells and heads uh they do become individuals with sort of the shadings of uh greens that they use the amount of detail that's gone into their eyes to give them that sort of realistic eye look the little freckles and dots are just all in the right place even just they used a bit of a black wash on the colors of the bandoliers that really brings them out and makes them pop little metal pieces on their belts and uh, on their knee pads have that silver touch to them that just adds so much texture and reality to them. I just really cannot fault these guys uh, majorly at all. Anything uh, that I have uh, has is really just a nitpick uh, to the fact that the biggest fault of these guys is actually how hard uh, they are to come by, sadly, because they were a San Diego Comic-Con exclusive. Um, I had to get them from a NECA distributor here that weren't selling them online. I had to travel into their store themselves, which luckily I live in the same uh, state of, uh, which, weirdly enough, their store is in Geelong, which is where uh, I got my first Ninja Uh, Turtle figure from, which I (laughs) mentioned there at uh, the beginning. Uh, So, yeah, uh, it was definitely worth the journey out there that day to pick up this set. I don't regret it at all. Uh, Sadly, though, uh, well, not sadly, but luckily, though, if you do uh, want these figures... Uh, they have managed to find a way to get a basic release version out there. So uh, GameStop coming up next year uh, are going to have the figures for sale individually uh, in basic versions. So I believe they just come with their weapons uh, that we know of at this point. I I would hope that they might potentially come with... uh, swappable hands because the images i've seen mikey has like the open palm hands so uh you you would kind of want him to have another set of hands so he can hold uh both his nunchucks but i don't know if they've Mm. just used uh promo images from this set or uh what those ones uh will be getting they have said that it's going to be greatly reduced in terms of the accessories you're getting so i'm assuming it's probably most likely going to be the pizza box and the uh, canister of ooze will probably be the major ones uh, that they take out, potentially the spare bandanas uh, as well. But if you can't get a hold of this set, then they're going to be great substitutes just so you can get the figures uh, themselves, which really are the stars uh, of this set and are absolutely uh, fantastic. And I'm going to say a must uh, for any Turtles fan and... For a set that's set out with a clear purpose to do these figures in six-inch form, uh, I I think they're done perfectly. I 
it's you know I, I'm generally fairly positive with my reviews, but uh, I'm rarely this positive. I've got to give this set a ten out of ten. I I think they're a masterpiece, uh, and I would be hard pressed uh, to think of a way uh, that they could have done it better. That isn't just going into sort of fan dreaming of oh it'd be great if Ralph uh, Raff also had a trench coat and a hat and. Michelangelo had a <laughs> skateboard and all that. You know, it's just things that you could add to the set that would be cool. Uh, but in terms of, oh, it would have been great if they had a little bit of better sculpt here or, you know, the engineering on the arm here would have been made better or da da da. I think for the way these guys are done, for the aesthetic look that they've achieved from it, yet uh, still having a great amount of articulation, uh, yeah, these, these guys are a masterpiece when it comes to action figure creation. So 10 out of 10. Outstanding, outstanding, oh, very yeah. nice. Yeah, you know, I keep looking at the image of uh, of the internal tray with all of the accessories, and I just can see that you know horrid moment when you accidentally flex the tray, and uh, a bajillion accessories just fling in, in every direction. It's it's, it's actually uh, a little bit the opposite. It's getting the accessories is out is more <laughs> the sort of <laughs> particularly like Donnie's bow is like oh this is a very thin long piece of plastic you ah, know, yeah, sort of pinpoint out but yeah. luckily like figure arts it does come with like an over tray uh that plugs in so it's yep. not yep. as uh bad but it is still that sort of sealed in plastic sides it's not completely uh like you could turn that tray upside down and all the pieces are going to stay uh implanted uh in it but yeah it's that sort of sliding them out that's that little like playing the operation game yeah yeah, yeah. And it's great to see Eddie that you know you've uh, you've evolved so much as a person that in three decades you're still collecting Ninja Turtle figures. Yeah, I, I, I'm, <laughs> I I've almost become like it's as much as I I don't want to hate on anything. If you if you love it, you love it. Um, the new Ninja Turtles cartoon that's just started up. I've tried to watch the first episode and looked at the figures and. Uh, look, I can always be persuaded around on things. Eventually, it's happened before with <laughs> things like DC Essentials. So I'm not going to say never, but I, I feel like it's not really for me in my Turtles fandom. Uh, like yeah. more power to to you if it is uh, for you. But I, I am sort of finding that my Turtles fandom at the moment is coming from the retro stuff that Necker is doing, and I think they're doing a mm. wonderful job. Uh, with this brand at the moment so i'm more than happy uh for uh, that new series to continue on if it means that nick is able to uh sort of play around with the older stuff and now they've sort of these were the big demanded ones that people are looking for i know there's one quarter scale uh shredder and foot soldiers that are coming out because people are complaining again about shredder using the exact same sculpt as the foot soldiers even though his outfit mm, was mm. exactly just a foot soldiers uh-huh. uh outfit colored uh, differently and with armor pieces put on the top of it it was an independent film they they were using reusing as much <laughs> as they could um so, you know, whether or not next year, you know, obviously there's a lot of theories going around that we might see uh, that the set of the foot release next year. I don't know if they would have it out that soon from the one quarter figures. Um, I'd probably say 2020 would be more likely, judging by what they've done in the past. Uh, and if that's the case, yeah, I'll be interested to see what they sort of do uh, with this slot next year. That'll be 30 years since the movie was out. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's that's probably even more reason to save it for 2020. Hmm. Yeah, it's a good time to be a turtles collector. There's a lot of uh, a lot of companies making uh, good use of the license, which is good to see. Yeah. All righty, most excellent. Well, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back and uh, we're going to wrap things up and say goodbye. Well, it's time to, to wrap things up. And if you'd like to hear your questions, comments, or suggestions on a future episode of the show, you can email us at podcast at actionfigureblues.com and you may just hear it read out. And uh, we do get around on uh, Twitter. And what, what's our Twit handle? Anyone? Anyone? Oh, I should know this. I'm the one who's normally <laughs> on it, but I need to rechunk my uh, one. I've been um, on sec banter for a bit. I got, I got to come in. Yeah. Okay, hey, how about that weather? It's actually pretty warm in Adelaide. It's Is it? <laughs> it's 39 degrees tomorrow, um, and it's going to be 22 overnight tonight, so yay. Uh, okay. Okay, if you are looking for us on Twitter, you can find us at AFBlues. Uh, you can also find us individually, so Scotty has the handle at Scotty underscore afb you can find uh, our wonderful friend uh who unfortunately isn't on the show as much so if you want to keep hearing from him uh we have john at at engineer nerd uh and you've also got me at eddie three four two nine that's eddie ie eddie three four two nine so uh all three of us are fairly active on there um uh, which is on our main. Also, if you just go to uh, AF Blues at AF Blues on Twitter, uh, in the main description, you can find our individual Twitter handles, which uh, I'm hoping we haven't forgotten. Uh, you two, uh, you guys just uh, generally aren't on Twitter, I believe. No, I don't it's trouble play. dark. Yeah, enough trouble keeping up with everything else before I. Yeah. Yeah get another social media account i've got one but i just never check it and never use it so. <laughs> definitely right. fair enough some days on twitter well yeah yeah well thank you very much for joining me guys so uh, once again lots of fun and i think we should probably do this again next week <gasps> yes yes all righty okay see you next time Bye. good journey the Action Figure Blues podcast can be found on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and can be downloaded direct from actionfigureblues.com. Wherever you listen, please take a moment to leave a positive rating and review to help others find our show. Our theme music is by Robert Crandall. Our ad music is by Scott Holmes. The AFB logo is created by Nath Stones. We also have an active fan forum at afbforum.com where you can join with all the hosts of the podcast and many other collectors to discuss news, reviews, old lines, and trade and sell in a safe community. Please join us there. While you're at actionfigureblues.com, please check out our sponsors like Max Comics and Stuff, Loot Crate, Audible, and Gamefly. You can find us on Twitter at AFBlues, on Instagram at actionfigureblues, and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash actionfigureblues. Thanks for listening. 